0: So so exciting, and uh, so what we thought we'd do today is kick off a just a really simple four-part series today. And this series was uh, the first conversation we ever had 14 years ago, and it was our framework for us planting Vineyard Church, Dungannon, And it was just we gathered in the in Leisure Centre on a, I think it was a Wednesday evening uh, back in February 2004, not knowing where this was going to take us, and not knowing who was going to show up, and. We just wanted to tell our story and explain what church was. And so we had these four uh, conversations that led on to some more conversations that led us here today, which is really cool. And the conversations where church is, what is church? So church is family. It's a hospital for the broken and the weary and the sick and for those who need some soul care and, uh, and healing. It's not just to stay in hospital, it's an army also that we are on a mission with God through kindness and love and serving one another and our world. And it's also a skill, <laughs> I'm not fussing that word. <laughs> it's also a skill where we learn together and we love together and we just gather around scripture. So those are the four conversations we're going to have over this month, if you don't mind. You up for that? So really, really simple, the first one I want to talk about today. Is uh, just back to that roots, and today I'm, I want to talk about family. I am humbled and proud to say that I I love this family, that we have become a family for so many. I found family here in you guys, and in the relationship and friendships. Uh, we've done hospital for for each other, but I love when we do family, and family incorporates it all. Family is the you know, it's that glue, it's that cement, it's that foundation for doing hospital, for being an army and also for learning together. When we do it in the context of love and family, then it changes the atmosphere and it helps mm-hmm. things run a lot more smoother, I think, anyway. So I, um, I I the best thing I've ever probably done in life and doing life, I think my number one gift in in life is being a dad. I, I loved being a dad the first time we, we realized that Michelle was pregnant and 1997 with Caleb, uh, we I was just past myself, as they say. I lost the run of myself for many, st- many a day and many a week, and I just could not wait to to see him, see uh, see Caleb. In fact, I knew it was going to be Caleb because I remember the Lord telling me, He said, <coughs> "Take off the Saturday, the 11th. That's when my last day of work was finished, and Caleb would be born on the 12th of October, and you'd call him Caleb." So that's what we did. And as sure as eggs are eggs, Caleb came on the 12th of October, and we called him Caleb. And uh, never got the other two right, dates or anything, but that was just the Lord preparing me for, for that. And then 99, Micah, and then Maddie in 2000, and then we stopped. And uh, I just love being a dad. I love, I think it's the best thing that you can do. I, I love that. It's my one, one gift. And so I love that church is connected around family. I love that God's so kind that he... He frames it around relationship, around family. Uh, I, I don't want uh, to be a poor dad and a good preacher. I always want to be a great dad. And then everything comes out of that. And, and that's the heart of the father. It's the heart of the king. It's heart of the kingdom. If we, if we miss family, we miss the kingdom life. If we miss the idea of family, we miss the idea of what church is really all about. It's just, it's, it becomes an institution. It becomes an organization if we lose family. It becomes, um, yeah, it just becomes something we do, programs, not people. And so we, we have this. We don't lose the life and the gift that God gives the church. We lose that life when we take it outside of family. When we bring family into the conversation, then it becomes life. And it becomes the gift that God has given the world and humanity. And, and, and I just want to say right from the start, I don't know what your experience is with church. Uh, A lot of us have good, some of us have negative experience of church. But the church of Jesus Christ is is the one thing that he died for and gave himself for. And it's the one thing that's going to heal humanity. And no matter how much brokenness is in the world, the church has the power to heal through Jesus Christ and the spirit of the living God. No matter how much bitterness and unforgiveness there is out there, the church has the potential. We carry the redemptive potential on our shoulders. Men and women broken, just like me and you. But we're wounded healers. And we have the opportunity to extend to the world family. And love, and so we're never, we're never without it. The prayer that we pray so much, and we talked about it in our last series, that just a closer walk with God, it begins. I love that it begins relationally, and we so often can miss it. Can miss it. It doesn't say my Father. It actually says our Father. It's always relational, and there are moments for just you and Him, and it is personal, and it is intimate, and it is you and Him. But it is us as family. That's why we say our Father. It's, it's, it's family. It's relational. It's, it's living in a loving family. It's God's gift. And He put us, Ephesians says, carefully together in family. You got me. I got you. Sounds like a song from Happy Days, doesn't it? Phones. Good guy. Goodbye. Grace, guys. Hello, blue. So I love that. It's always his plan. Let me read some scripture this morning. uh, I sense this is a text for this house and this church and this family. It's always been on Michelle's heart. And uh, and as a dad, as a father of this place, I I want to commend it to you today. I I think this is the, the who we are. It's found in Psalm 68. And we will have it up here, I hope. Oh, sorry, can we go back to the... Do you want to see our cool graphics when we thought we were really hip? For the series, that anybody know that guy? He's called vineyard man. vineyard man. And then there was a riot. The woman, the women, kicked up a fuss and asked why he was he Vineyard Man. And then he just became Vineyard Person. But I like Vineyard Man, and that's our four talks that we did originally. And I thought that that was so cool because you clicked a button and the names went down his jumper. And that's his body. And where is his body? <laughs> it's the cutest thing. And it's the loveliest thing, isn't it? It's so lovely. And he's wearing cut jeans. Very <laughs> 2004 is right. Anyway, I'm digressing. Uh, the text that I want to commend to us. He's a father to the fatherless and he's the defender of widows. This is God. This is God. Watch your picture of him this morning as we sang about the cross. We see the Father. We see Jesus through the cross. This is God. This is him. Want to know what he looks like? What's he about? He's a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. This is God. Whose dwelling is holy. It's a holy place. It's a good thing. It's a sacred thing to gather around his presence. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free. Bonus, he gives them joy. And God sets individual and family. I want to say this morning that you are known. You're known, you're connected, because this is the heart of God. This is God. This is who he is. This is what he does. And, and church thrives When it's relational, I keep saying that. When it's family, and see if we don't have family, if we don't connect with God who puts the lonely into families, and he, He loves to do that in defense of what I was saying, we have programs, not relationship. We have activity, I don't want that. We have meetings, we have transactions, we have polite, we have religion we have more to do on our ever-extended to-do list. But the opposite of that is when we put in family and relationship, we have life. We have presence. We have connection. We have meaning. We have purpose. We are known. We are His. Ephesians 3, 14, 15 says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. He's the perfect Father, for every father and child in heaven and on earth. He's the perfect father of, of every father and every child in heaven and on earth. Again, this is God's idea. And so when, when Jesus is asked by the disciples, like, teach us, how, do we, how can we pray? He does respond by saying, pray this way, our father. And again, we don't want to miss it. We don't, want him, we don't ever want, gospel to become something that it's transactional in fact i think in the west sometimes and i know it's you know there's a lot of good stuff out there in god tv and that but there's a lot of really dodgy stuff out there i'm just going to say it from the front as as a pastor and as a leader of this 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 great tribe and family called vineyard uh, sometimes we we get a wee bit carried away with ourselves we lose and we lose the dynamic of relationship and the kingdom expression and we make it about personal the gospel about personal gain personal achievement. Uh, It's not that. It's relationship, it's community, it's, it's one another, it's, it's sharing one another's dreams and hopes and burdens, it's it's not something that you get into so that your life becomes absolutely better. Your life does become better. That's a byproduct of the kingdom. And you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right living. then all these other stuff get added to you. But we've made it like a self-help book that if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, gonna your business is going to fly and your relationships are going to grow and your marriage is going to be the best marriage and you're going to have the best sex and everything else. Guys, it's, it's a little bit more than that. In our Western mentality, we've made it so, so consumer orientate it and by the way if you do know jesus your marriage will be good but there's no guarantees sorry there are no guarantees if you fully surrounded jesus yeah and yeah you you might succeed you might succeed but guys it's bigger than that it's way bigger than that it's about relationship it's family it's you and me and others and, and and it's our father in heaven So don't ever lose that. Don't ever get sucked in by Western culture that we're just on some program to self-improve our lives and our lifestyle. That's not what he has in mind for us to do. Sorry, does that, is that bad? Is that, do you want to try another church? (laughs) Because we're not selling that. All right. So what does a family look like? Uh, It's very simple. Families are loyal. Man, they are, there's loyalty in that. You ever find yourself talking to somebody and they're talking about a member of their family and, 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 and they're like, they're not getting on with them, and, and all of a sudden you get caught up in the conversation and you put in your ten pence worth. Have you ever done that? And all of a sudden the, the, the conversation just freezes and you think, oh, I just overstepped the mark. Because families are loyal, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, you, know that, you know that conversation. Yeah, your brother is a pain. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought we were having a conversation slagging off your brother. Yeah, families are very loyal, and you overstep the boundaries, and you'll know about it. You don't, there's no sign saying these are our family values. You just know it when you enter into that territory, right? Fiercely loyal, and I love this island. We're family-oriented. We're family-based. We're community-based, and so we should get the church as family. It should be so simple for us that church is family. Don't you love it that it's one of the things that God frames it around? It's a body of Christ, it's family, it's relational, and it's loyal. And, and family is about loyalty. Uh, many, many years ago, as if you, I hope that when I speak on a Sunday morning, that sometimes, maybe the very odd time that, that a conversation changes your life. I actually, that's a big ask, I know, but... I do actually believe that a conversation in the ancient scriptures by God, the Holy Spirit, not just what I'm saying, through God, the Holy Spirit, making the book alive and, and bringing scripture and, and, and transferring it into your heart and your soul, that it actually can change your life. There's been a few of those in my time, if I've heard many sermons I've brought up in church, I've been sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, but there's, there's one or two that have, that have really stuck out in my lifetime, and I've heard it once from a guy called Leon Evans, and I've heard the same story by a guy called Bill Clark, who's a good friend of my father very old, two different styles, you know, one very contemporary and one very old school Pentecostal. But they tell, they both told the story of David and Jonathan. It's really impacted my life, just the loyalty that they had. These guys had loyalty to each other like I've never seen before. And Jonathan, he recognizes his friend David that he is God's coming king. He's going to be the king. He's He's on the way to becoming king. But here's the tricky thing in this relationship with these two guys is that his dad's king. Saul, Jonathan's dad, is already king. And so David and King Saul, they, 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 they don't get on. He's after him. He's making his life a misery. He's, it just goes on and on. But they had this loyal friendship. And, and, and there's, in the conversation... Jonathan says to David, he says, I, I know that you're going to be king someday. Can you, he's laying down his dreams also. Can you, do you understand that? Because if his father's king, he's in line. Understand? That's a family and friendship's about. That's, that's huge loyalty right there. I, I'm not bitter. I'm not disappointed. But he just says, I want you to do something for me. He says, someday when you're king, will you promise me one thing? And I says, he says, what is that? He says, will you show me Kindness. And show my family kindness. It's the only thing he ever asked for. He didn't ask for a position. He asked that, that David, when he became king, would show his family kindness. And so, one day, David has this conversation again replayed in his head. But let me, let me go back a little bit for you. David and Jonathan are killed in battle on the same day. They have a five-year-old son called Methubah Mephibos, Seth, Sheth. So I have a complex about this name, and that's why I've never preached on it. I quite like the story, but even when I heard it years ago, it's like I still can't get it out, and it's stuck. So please pray for me. They had a five-year-old son, and the son is in, he's obviously in the courtyard of a palace, I would say. He's playing about like a five-year-old probably does in that culture in that time. Uh, and it, And the news comes from the battlefield that Saul and Jonathan have been taken down. And the nurse, the nursing lady who looks after this five-year-old boy, she she has to get him out of arm's way because the way that people did business in those days in wars, once they took out royalty, they took out the whole family because they didn't want any line of succession. It's cruel. It was cruel and it was brutal. So she runs and she grabs him and she takes him and she runs. and, And there's probably pandemonium and, and, and all sorts of things happening. Just the news is coming through. Saul and Jonathan have been killed in battle all in the same day. Wiped out, wiped out. And so she comes, lifts the five-year-old son and runs over them, but she drops him and then he ends up lame. He doesn't walk. One day David says, he's walking, I don't know, maybe he's suffering some Do you know what? you get a smell or a song or something just reminds you of a place and a time and a conversation? Your senses awaken you to this. I imagine David's senses were awakened. And he said this. He said to one of his servants, he said, Is there anyone left in Saul's family? If there is, I'd like to show him some kindness in honor of my friend Jonathan, who I promised that when I became king, I would show kindness. That's loyalty, right? And it happened that a servant from Saul's household, his name was Siba. he says, there, there is. But he, he quickly dismisses Mephibosheth. He, he, it's like there is a guy, but he's lame. And, and again, a very cruel culture. If you were um, had a disability in those days, you were, you were put out to the age of society because you were a burden. There was no NHS, there was no uh, structure, there was no help for you. Uh, There was no support system at all, and so society saw you as a burden, so they put him in a place, and the place was called the place of no bread. That's where he lived, the place of no bread, the place of no food, the place of no relationship. He's nearly like a fugitive, too, because he's heir. He was a family member of Saul, so they put him away out in the back end of nowhere, the place called no bread, and, and the guy says, Yeah, there is this guy, but, you know, let's move on. He's lame in both feet. David says, where is he? He's living at home. Load the bar, which means no bread. And King David didn't lose a minute. He sent and he got him from his home and he brings him and he gives Mephibosheth, he gives him everything that he has. He gives him food, he gives him servants, he gives him land, he gives him a home. I mean, he's everything going for him. But here is the beautiful part of the story. Beautiful part of the story is that when he comes, he wants, David wants him in his presence. And he comes and he bows low and he says, hey, "He says I'd like to do something for you in memory of your, your father, Jonathan, and your grandfather, Saul. So he, he gives him all, he returns all the properties to this grandson. And then he says this, and this is what we don't want to miss. This is the loyalty of family. And this is what family does. He says, from now on, I don't want you just... You know, you've got, you're, you're rich, you've got stuff now. But he says, oh, I actually want you at my table. Every day at the king's table. And I thought, that's the loyalty of family. You know what the loyalty of family is? Well, you're broken. Or you're lame. There's a place at the table. There's a place at the table. And the beautiful thing about the table is it, it hid... Has broken this physically. Its feet and legs are onto the table of the king. It's a banqueting table. that eats there on a on a daily basis, and its brokenness is covered. And a dream for this house, as we become fourteen, is that we're loyal to each other. Man, if we hear anybody talking bad about our brothers and sisters, God has has carefully fitted us together. And they might wind us up. That's okay. We'll talk about them. To their face. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to God gossip about them all over our community. That they're good people. And you know what we're going to do with the people that come in here with their brokenness. And the people that are lame and they can't walk anymore. And we're going to talk about hospital. We're going to give them a place at the table. And invite them in. And cover their brokenness and their lameness. Because I'll tell you, I was one broken, lame person. And I love the family of God. That I hid my brokenness. And it said, come sit at the table. Our table. And enjoy. That's the heart of the Father. That's the heart of the church. In the 21st century, nothing has changed. We are still family. We are not in transaction. We are not a movement. We are the family of God. We're the family of God. Isn't that a beautiful story? It's just, I love it. Loyalty is, we're in this together. We're in this together, I found a new friend, a man called Eugene, he owns a pub. And uh, I know this is shameful advertising at a church, but it's the best Guinness in town. Um, And so I went in one Friday and there's another man came in, it was a real cold day and uh, there's a meaning to this story, please don't panic or uh, all Guinness will be provided straight after this celebration. He um, spans in and he says to Eugene, he says, he uh, looks about and can't see the kettle. And he says, Any chance of a hot whiskey, Eugene? And Eugene says, No, the kettle's broke. And he says, It's away getting fixed. <laughs> I thought to myself, The kettle's getting fixed. I nip down to that shop that will remain nameless. <laughs> called <laughs> Which could you get a kettle for? Stevie, help me out. Which could you... <clears throat> a little under the weather. Oh, how much could you get a kettle for? Twelve quid? Twelve, twelve quid? Eugene's getting a... Probably paying a man ten pound an hour <laughs> fix the kettle. I thought it was a beautiful story. See, young bucks here, just, just get it fixed. He's get it fixed. I'm like, throw it away. He said like, get it fixed. I'm like, throw it away. And we live in a society. where are a throwaway society. There's, you know, what, what, what do we do? We don't really come as family anymore. As community, we just throw it away. We throw it away. If it's broken, get a new kettle, a 12 pound, throw it away. And you know what else? Maybe just your marriage is broke. Throw it away. Get a new wife. Get a new husband. Hey, Throw it away. Hey, if somebody annoys you at church, Speaker speaks too long. He keeps saying, I'm going to finish, and he never finishes. <laughs> and then they, they take the paper cups away from you, and they make you bring your own cup and make you actually pay for a new travel mug. And you say, I'm going to find a new church. <laughs> Throw the church away, find a new church. Find a new husband, find a new wife, find a new friend. That's not God's heart for relationship and family. We are loyal, we're in this together. We're born by the Spirit of God, baptized into one family. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We're baptized by love, by the Spirit of Christ into family, not transaction. Not into a throwaway consumer culture. We're loyal. We fight for one another. We love one another. We carry one another's burdens. We lift one another up in prayer. We serve one another. It's a big, big deal. I'm thankful for my family. We are loyal in our love for each other. Fourteen years ago, this place started to shape me. You guys are so kind. You shaped me. You were loyal to me, encouraging to me, supported me, strengthened my faith. Times when I doubt it, could we make it? Will it make it? Will we make it? You were loyal and strong and connected and committed and loyal and it was so good that I'd shaped the way I think today. It shapes my theology. It shapes the way we do church. We're not a performance church, guys. We're a relational church. we're not up, we're not shiny. I cannot guarantee you, guarantee you that every Sunday is going to be. Wow. Now, you've had it good so far, okay? It has been like gap, right? It's not going to be spectacular, but I want to promise you it is significant. Every Sunday is significant when you show up because we shape each other. We speak into each other's lives. So, hey, we're sitting in rows. I know that church is not just a Sunday morning, but it's important that we gather together. It's the family of God because we strengthen each other. We shape each other. We, we help each other's views. You know, guys, if it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have the fruit of the spirit. Uh, The penny will drop on your way home. You guys make me want to be patient. And kind. And self-controlled. When you're chatting and somebody's praying or starting to lead worship. And you're all chatting. And you're chatting, chatting, chatting and making too much noise. I need self-control. I need patience. And need love. Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful fruit of the Spirit that you give me. I'm sure I give it to you too sometimes, don't I? I'm just thankful that we're reborn by the Spirit of God. We're loyal. We don't throw things away. We don't throw our relationships away if you've come to church and think you're just going to go to another church and another church, this is not, this is not a good place for you. This is, we're loyal. We're family. We want to try and live out what God has shaped humanity to be. We're not trying to get people into heaven. We're actually trying to get heaven into community. And the way that that happens is through relationship and family. Does that make sense to you? So if you're just here to, you're here to look for the shiny and maybe, I don't know, the steeper, it's deeper. And by the way, this morning, I just want to say to you, I'm not speaking into a problem, actually. I'm celebrating water culture. Because it's a birthday party today, right? So please don't hear my heart that I'm speaking. There's, there's, not a, there's not rumblings or anything. I'm not speaking to a problem. I'm actually celebrating who we are. Does that make sense? This is a celebration. This is not some cheesed off pastor who, who's grumpy on a Sunday morning and wants to take a message and fix a problem. No, well, this is just a happy pastor who loves Jesus and who, who loves you guys and who loves family and, and who celebrates that we have a good thing here in Dungannon. And all I want us to do is just connect with this, this conversation of, of bringing people to the table and being family. And then I want us to try and help people in Dungannon know what that looks like, what healthy relationships look like. That's my goal. That's what I'm talking about this morning. You remember Michelle? One time she did a talk and she talked about a thermostat and a thermometer. Of course you do. to offend somebody, isn't it? Please, no emails. You know what I noticed? I was in Derry last week speaking in my primary school. Loved it. And then I came back and Facebook was going, great message, Michelle. <laughs> Enjoyed your talk today, Michelle. Well, I actually give her everything that she knows. I write all her talks. Give her all her best punchlines, And she's rubbish at jokes. I have to actually write jokes down for her. But don't dare say anything about Michelle. <laughs> thermostat, thermometer, that's where we were. I am finishing up. Don't panic. We, we, a thermostat sets the temperature. A thermometer just reads it. And I think that we're the church that there's a thermostat in our community. We can, we can be that in our community. That's not being arrogant. That's just being obedient. And God has called us to be family, and therefore we can model to a broken, fractured world what family really looks like. And family has never been more screwed up and more disenfranchised and more fractured in the society that we live in. And the one thing that will that, that, shine out and one thing that will stand out to a witness to the glory of God and the kindness of God is then we model family, healthy relationships, honest, loyal relationships. When we bring people who are broken and lame, we bring them to place the table and we cover their brokenness and their lameness. And we can be that family church. We can be that. We, we are that family. We can champion that for our community. I love what you're doing. I love the stories that's going around about you people. You're kind people. You're generous people. You're loving people. You know, I even hear people say, I can't believe they go to the church. You're talking about me and Michelle. But we're a church for them, whoever for they are. Because everybody can come here with their worst foot forward and be changed by the beauty. And kindness of Jesus, because that's what he does, doesn't he? Can I just give you something really practical? Another thing, is that okay? I'm taking it. Got this thing. <laughs> it's working. A family contributes and shares. And Paul uses the image of marriage. He talks marriage again, and he uses this whole thing of family. He says that, you know, husbands love your wives. And, and as Christ loved the church. And then he says, I'm actually speaking about the church. I'm using this metaphor, but I'm actually talking about church. Of course, it does mean that you do, husbands do love your wives as Christ gave himself a church. It absolutely means that. But he says, what I'm really trying, what I, the communication here is what the big, my big point, takeaway point is, it's family. It's relationship. And so people are not attracted to churches that have got um, Programs. And they're not even attracted, I don't think, that they've got the relational component altogether. People are attracted to a vibrant family that are willing to contribute and share and live life out. And work out the fruit of the Spirit. See, you don't, If you're sitting in a bedside Baptist on a Sunday morning, you don't have to worry about the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have to worry about that stuff. You, you just, you're doing life on your own. You don't need, really need a lot of patience. You don't need a lot of forgiveness. You need a lot of love and you need a lot of self-control. If you're just—if it's just you and no more, if it's just you and me, then my stuff, then you don't really need a lot of what God has for us. But we miss out on so much. So at church, as a family, we contribute and we share. People will know us by our relationship, not by our programs. By who we are and what we do. It's not our programs. I mean, we, we probably suck at that, to be honest with you. We're not Flash Harry, are we? Are we? Well, oh, I would like a few more lights and a smoke machine and stuff like that there, just as I come out on a Sunday morning to speak. That would be kind of cool. Or a light that comes down here and lights the podium up. That would be kind of cool. But that's not who we are. See, the greater the relationships in a church, the more impact it will have if it serves, as it serves the community inside the walls and outside the walls. Yeah, and that's what it's about. I oh, mean, behold how good it is when, when we dwell together in unity. That's No, that's not about all having church services together. That's about you and I loving one another, serving one another, sharing our resources and our our stuff and loving each other. And it says God commands blessing. Wanna be blessed? Hang out together. Stay in good spirit. Don't gossip. Don't ridicule. Contribute. Don't take all the time. God has given us gifts. We're a body. We all have different Yes, this place is full of good, good gifts. We, we, we've got gifts to walk out and to live out and to serve one another. So therefore, I'm asking you not just to take, but actually to give. Give your best. That means your resources too, by the way. Means your money. Yeah. We're family. Family pulls out the stops. Have you seen it in crisis? You ever seen a family in crisis? Man, they pull together. Pull together. Um, Gary Kidney lost his, his mother this week, last week, and, uh, and there's there's nothing like our country when it comes to wakes, and sorry for bringing it down to this point, but you, you see family in crisis, they come together, they show up, yeah, like Northern Ireland people are ridiculous sometimes in the amount of stuff they bring to people's houses even. Because they contribute, they share, right? We're, 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 just it's in our nature, we're generous people, and that's the family of God too. That we contribute, we just don't take that. Ephesians 6.10, let me finish with this. <clears throat> if I can read it. Therefore, sorry, Galatians 6.10, therefore, as we have opportunity, whenever there's an opportunity, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of God. Let's take opportunities. Let's make opportunity. Let's be intentional about how we do life, how we share, how we give, how we connect. And again, guys, I'm not speaking to a problem, but I'm celebrating this wonderful place called Vineyard Church in Gannon. On this, it's 14th year. I'm so, so humbled. I watch many of you putting your dreams on hold for others. I've watched you sacrifice your money and your finances for people that you've never met, even in, in different countries. For, I've seen some of you go without food and, and give gifts to other people. Even when you get nothing in return. I see you love the lonely and heal the hurting i seen you forgive and show mercy, kindness. I've seen your generosity when we've had sickness and adversities. You've baked cakes and cooked dinners and babysat kids. So we champion all that God is doing. But I want you to take the opportunity to do all the good you can to everyone. Especially to those in the family of God. Church includes receiving and it also includes sharing with one another. And it's not the doing that makes you belong, guys, but it's the knowing that you belong that makes you do whatever you can. It's not the doing that makes you belong. But it's the knowing that you belong that makes you do whatever you can. So would you show up? Would you make space at the table? Could this be a year we grow again? I don't mean numbers, but just in our love and our generosity and welcoming more people to the table. Yeah? Or we're inwardly strong and outwardly focused. By the way, inwardly strong doesn't mean we have programs for discipleship. And really strong means we connect and we give and we share and we serve one another. We put the towel around our arms and we show up with love. And humility and kindness, outdoing one another in service. Just looking at Ali this morning, I'll finish. Did I say I was finishing? I stood at the top of that hill on the Saturday of the snow and ice and he was going up and down in a bobcat, bringing in food. And he came in and I said, this is a lot easier than last year, wasn't it? said, I wasn't here last year. I thought, wow. Wow. Uh, And I've watched him pray for people. Uh, And I thought, you've never been to our prayer lesson classes. (laughs) Who told you to do this? I've watched him lay hands on people and pray for their illnesses. I watched him rock up with bags of groceries and I thought, he hasn't taken the generosity one-on-one class. <laughs> he really needs to. He's doing it all wrong. You get what I'm saying, don't you? Inwardly strong means we just love each other. That's how the society got to know there's a God. The church is real and church is still on the move that these nut jobs in the vineyard, they love each other anybody can go there. Anybody. We let anybody in the door. Hello? (laughs) Some have been moved to Armagh, but that's a whole other story. But we're all good now. We're all family. Guys, just want to say on behalf of Michelle and I, happy birthday. Let's keep celebrating. Let's keep loving. Let's keep being family. Let's keep showing up. Let's keep contributing. Let's keep sharing. And let's keep inviting people to the table, will we? You up for that? Another year of inviting people to the table? Yeah. Michelle wants to say something. You can send her a wee Facebook message afterwards and say, <laughs> that's a really good word.
1: Dear love, I me mean, am a wee bit insecure, isn't he? Anyway, um, I just, just as Jason was talking there earlier in the message, and he more or less said it, but I just feel that for us this year that our our mission is to build a bigger table just build a bigger table whatever that looks like in in your home whether you literally need to buy a bigger table if there's four of you in your family and you have a table for four you need to go and buy a new table because you don't have enough room for more people Tables will be <laughs> but it's just that this sense of you know that I, I just this is who this is this is who we are. Jason said, "This is who we are as a family and a community. This is who the Lord has made us to be. This isn't just our idea. This is who the Lord has made us to be." And and as a church, it's about not having more numbers, but it's about having more spaces at the table. Because what we have here, it is it would be so wrong to keep it to ourselves and not share it with the world. So let's build a bigger table in our homes, in our hearts, in here, where there's just nobody left out. That there's never anybody on the outside that doesn't have a place, but that there's room for more, that there's always room for more in this, in this family of God, for people to, to find them and be completely just revolutionized by his love and his forgiveness like we have been. That the lonely would find family in this place.
0: Let's stand, shall we? <clears throat> you know me, and you know Michelle, and you know how we lead this vibrant church and this family, is that we, we never prescribe lifestyle to you. We, we trust Jesus to do that. He's way bigger than us. And we have this wonderful Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us. But I am going to ask you to do something today. I'm going to ask you again to commit to being family. To to commit to being family. Does that mean it's always easy? No. Will we wind each other up? Yeah, we will. Will it always be spectacular? Always be significant? Yeah. Always significant. That's why we meet. So I'm going to ask you to do some things. I'm going to ask you, if you can, while you're in the country... Please do take your holidays and celebrate rest and Sabbath and do that in your life. Make it a habit. Make it a rhythm. It's good for you. But I am going to ask you, would you show up? Because people need to hear your conversation. People, people want to sit beside you. And people, want to, people need you to lay hands on their shoulder and pray a prayer and, and heal the sick. They need you. Not just me. They need you. They need us. So I'm going to ask you to show up. I'm going to ask you another thing. I'm going to ask you seriously to think about giving, sharing. Your finances and your skill. Don't hold back. We need you. We need you. Others need you. I'm asking at the start of this year to commit on your finances and also to stepping up and sharing what God has given you in your life, the gifts that you have. The gifts that you have. We're well equipped. We're well equipped to make this place better, to make Dungannon better, and the nation. We could do a lot. We'll do it together. I'm going to ask you one other thing. I'm not speaking to a problem, but I'm celebrating who we are. Let's never gossip. Let's never criticize each other. Society will do enough of that for you. You'll get enough of that tomorrow morning. 10 o'clock till you break, there'll be enough of that going on, okay? You'll get your full of it. Don't feel you're missing out. It'll deplete your life. Let's be a church that honors one another, loves one another, forgives one another, upholds one another. So I just want to say publicly from the front, if you gossip, it's not going to be a good house for you to live in. It's the only thing that we'll go after is gossip. But you're kind, and you're good people. Can I pray over you? Pray over you as a family. And just put your hands out. If you're... You're up for that sort of thing. It's totally biblical. It's not a vineyard thing. It's a a Paul thing. He wrote these people and said, Lift up holy hands daily. So it's just totally biblical. I just pray a blessing on us as a church. Fill us again with your Holy Spirit. We pray with the church through the ages and say, Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, wonderful Holy Spirit. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your kindness. And a greater capacity to give ourselves away and to share what you've given us, Father. God, I thank you for every person standing here today. You've come limping, broken, unsure, but have fallen forward into your mercy and your love, and your kindness, and discovered a Father who's so good and never holds back. So rushes with your love, God, rushes with your love. And bless, bless these, your people, this, your church, this, your town. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you in the name of Jesus.